Hello, and welcome to In the Kitchen with Brett Thorne, a food service industry podcast by Nation's Restaurant News and Restaurant Hospitality. I'm your host, Senior Food and Beverage Editor Brett Thorne, and we are coming up on trend prediction season. It's now late October, and honestly, I would have thought I would have seen some prediction lists coming out already. I mean, we are almost a month into the fourth quarter of the year, and uh, people like to get a leg up on making their predictions, which sort of makes sense. Uh, One prediction that uh, I'd like to make is an increased awareness of people with different, let's say, sensory perceptions. Uh, This includes uh, autistic people, uh, and people with uh, PTSD, people with dementia, uh, a lot of people who will have some sort of trouble navigating the controlled chaos that is uh, the restaurant experience. And uh, there's an increase in the number of uh, sensorially different people. Uh, we have a growth in autism cases that's been going on for decades now. We have an aging population with more dementia. We have returning veterans who have PTSD. And we're all a little bit messed up or a lot messed up from the pandemic uh, for which we, I think, really grossly underestimated the mental health implications of the isolation that a lot of us underwent and and the related chaos. And there are restaurants and other organizations that are responding to this by either training people to be uh, sensitive to the sensorially differently abled. And then there's my guest uh, on this uh, podcast, Sarah Stegner of Prairie Grass Cafe, Uh, of Northbrook, Illinois, suburb of Chicago, who had a sensorially sensitive dinner uh, that allowed uh, people with PTSD and autism and dementia and similar issues to sort of be in a safe space where they could enjoy their meal without the uh, distractions and noise and chaos that uh, often comes with the restaurant experience. Uh, this is uh, part of what I hope will continue to be a broadening of our understanding of the uh, beautiful mosaic that is our civilization and that allows us to recognize the needs of many, many different people. There's uh, a lot more to say about Sarah Stegner, who's uh, very focused on uh nurturing her her own community and she says that this is an an important part of being a restaurant operator and having the pulpit to share ideas and express your values and I think she's doing it in a really beautiful way and I hope you enjoy my conversation with her because here is Sarah Stegner. you doing Sarah Stegner I'm good I'm good thank you glad to hear it and you are still the chef and owner of Prairie Grass Cafe in Northbrook Illinois right yes uh co-chef co-owner George Bombaris is my partner and it's been 19 years 
So <laughs> nice going. Thank you. And uh, you've been doing some interesting things. I think you are the only chef or restaurateur I've heard of who's done an on the spectrum friendly uh dinner a what's it called a sensory friendly dining hour yeah yeah uh, it's been good tell me about that um well it kind of it kind of fits into this topic of uh you know what chefs can do to support their community that every restaurant is you know uh successful and thrives because of the community around them and so we have to acknowledge that that is it's it's a symbiotic relationship there. So you you know you want to um, to do that in ways that moves your life forward and their lives forward. So I've done a lot of fundraising and I've done a lot of um, like what I feel is community building, and I I kind of like to think of it as broken down in different sections like. There's the community of the people that eat in my restaurant and there are the community of chefs and the community of farmers and the greater Chicago area because I am in the north suburbs. And I do often catch myself saying, yeah, I'm, I'm from Chicago, but I'm, I'm on the northern side. Of the, I'm part of the suburbs. And I think of myself as that Chicago chef community. Um so I've done a lot of charity events and some of them have been uh, responsive to world issues and crises. And I feel that's really powerful, but we tap into the same people to donate. That is our community. So, and th those are the restaurant people. Those are the people that are customers. Um, other chefs are very generous. I mean, all of that is part of what um, we do, but it stems from, building community because as we build our own communities and invest time and energy into it not only do our businesses thrive but our communities thrive so a, a part of that was thinking um if we're going to be inclusive how do you do that and uh, the sensory hour was great it was uh on saturdays from 3 45 to 5 15 we opened 15 minutes late and um i had a consultant work with me and we we just offered an hour that was no music, uh, very little interruption, not too much staff on the floor. Uh, the lights were dimmed. One of the organizations in the area donated like fidget spinners and things like that, which I had out and sound blockers. But it was it was a rewarding experience. And I think that I will um, continue to work on that and maybe do other, other ones. I, I did it the month of August on Saturdays. And is August a relatively quiet month in the north suburbs of Chicago anyway? Or not never really? really? It's never really quiet. Good. I know that's the thing about um, that my, my restaurant is very steady. That's great. And part of that probably has to do with your community involvement. And obviously your delicious food and your great service and all that. But thank you. Um, being involved in everybody around you obviously is something that resonates with uh with any community and certainly i assume with yours and also i mean i think you're considered part of the greater chicago chef community thank so you i, I think, think so all that counts um and you know i would think that the the uh 
I'm going to look at, again, sensory-friendly dining hour. That idea, I think a lot of people would be into that. I mean, there are people, I'm I'm getting up there in years, and like my hearing's not as great as it used to be. And to just have a restaurant where you can sit quietly with no music and talk with everybody, I think that that could appeal to a lot of people, whether they're on the spectrum or not. Yeah, um, I think that, I think that it was, I left it kind of open-ended so that it would be for the broader community and to see what would happen. And we actually, um, you know, we limited the reservations. So basically what we got was people within our own community that it felt relevant to. That's great. And how'd it go? Very good. It's very positive. That's great. Uh, And so you're going to continue to work on it and bring it back, you said. Absolutely. I th- I think uh, we'll do another, we'll do another series. I don't know if they will be like the first Saturday of the month or we're going to do it the month of January, but definitely by January we'll have, um, we'll do it again. It's just challenging right now to figure out dates and times and stuff. Well, and, and although you said it's steady all the time, we're, we're starting to approach the very busy holiday season and so on. I'm sure you're gearing up for all of that. Yeah, and part part of that is a lot of um, is a lot. We just finished the charity for Maui, which uh, I one of the things that I really enjoy is uh, figuring out the different structures of what works. And I think that other restaurants, um, you know, can benefit from hearing the style of raising money because we have this image in our head that it's chef stations and you bring people together and those things take a lot of organization. There's so much work behind them. And it's a lot of time and energy for each individual restaurant. So how do you do it? And and there's a appropriate place and time for those things. But um, how do you do it where it's fast? And okay, so this crisis happened, they need the money now. And um, how do you s- spin and say, okay, I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna do it different. So this time, uh, I had a, um, you know, I'm part of Chicago Chefs Cook, which is an organization that raises money. And we did Ukraine. And um, w- when the war broke out, we funded the World Central Kitchen in Ukraine. And uh, we re- we've raised um, over a million dollars since 2022. And we did a number of other uh, crisis re- uh, relevant places where chefs came forward and said, this is important to me. Would you help? And those are the kind of the words that activate. So one was the flood in Italy. um, And we were able to connect with the mayor over there. And we know that the money got directly to the farmers. And that was really, that was really powerful. That was what chefs wanted to have happen. And we've also done um, a a slightly more challenging one was the in Tigre, that there's a Chicago chef. Her name is um, Tigist Rita. And she owns Demera Restaurant, and it's a beautiful restaurant. And she's done such a such a nice job being part of the community, and she helped with many of the other fundraisers along the way. So when she asked, we were like, okay. So we raised money for for the refugees, the women and children in that area, which is le- less in the public eye here. So that one was challenging. And then the Puerto Rican one we did in six days with the hurricane that hit down there. And that was again for World Central Kitchen. And so, so, so what yeah. is the mechanism for, for 
organizing these events and getting them to happen. Because, yeah, I mean, getting whatever, 20 chefs to participate in a walk around station kind of thing. I mean, I have friends I haven't seen for months because we can't find like a schedule for us to go out to dinner. So like how... Yeah. So that kind of leads up to what I'm saying. Yeah. So we did, you know, the first it was formulaic and we, that's, those are the kind of events we were doing, but then with, uh, um, you know, I was like, this is not, it's, it's difficult. Like you, like, just for the reasons that you said, it's so difficult. So we did, um, a series of dinners for the Italian one. And, um, there was a lot of money raised and not just at those dinners, but people donating. So it was the awareness and the community at large that that rallied together to do this. And I think the key to these things is empowering people, empowering chefs that you're working with. It isn't just, you know, I'm doing the fundraiser. No, it's us as a community pulling this off together. And when we did this one, um, the recent one with Maui, it was twofold. One was a dinner at Prairie Grass. And that um, that basically I just quickly. That was like 24 hour turnaround. You know, my PR person, Cindy Kerman, she wrote the press release. She got it all together. We gave her all the information and we had five chefs. We did a reception for 50 and, and then a dinner sit down with the chefs in my private room for 30. So it was not the, the intention was not, okay, we're going to do, you know, 250 people. It was, this is what I can do. And the reception, we could have as many people as we wanted. So the reception at $50 did really well. And the money went directly to um, Chef Huey, the the organization that's raising money for, it's actually for restaurant workers, their families and chefs. And a lot of it right now has gone to food because they have no way to feed themselves down there. Their kitchens are burned down. So um, that, you know, that, that's part of it, but it, it'll go, it'll all go to them. And um, so that's how we did that. But then Chicago Chefs Cook, which I'm part of, it's a group of us uh, with Darren Guest, Ida Davidman and Jody Fife. She is uh, from Paramount Group. And we, we put on a, an online auction and we sent one email, email out and there is, okay, so let's not oversimplify. This is hard work getting this all coordinated and the packages and all the information, but we did it very quickly. Darren Guest is really uh, amazing at his um, ability to facilitate in, in that kind of situation. And we sent, one, the initial email was what we did as an ask. You know, this is what we're thinking of doing. If this resonates with you, reach out to us. And 35 restaurants responded. I mean, this was huge. So um, it, it went really well. And uh, we raised over $60,000. Wow. And so how, when the restaurants respond, what are they then saying that they're going to do? They're going to uh, have proceeds of the night go to uh, whatever organization or how does it work? Yeah, this was mostly package-based for them, for, for that auction. And uh, it was a lot of uh, dinner for two, dinner for four, with including wine, uh, chef appearance, this, you know, some of it was a little more creative, like um, cooking classes, Brandi, Carrie Nahabedian donated a cooking class that she does on Saturday morning. And those are amazing. And just to get into them is a gift. But yeah, so there was this, yeah, Dean Zanilla, he's got a little cooking school in Chicago. He, that's a name that people remember from the old days. He's been around a long time. He's one of the OGs. 
So it's not necessarily like closing your restaurant or anything or, or, or donating part of uh dinner to a restaurant. It's, it's auctioning off stuff that you were going to do anyway. Yeah. Right. Together, together we're stronger that it's just over and over again, that accumulatively we can make a difference in the world. And I think that, that this has become um, something that chefs, it, it has empowered chefs and it is supposed to be a voice for chefs. That's our intention. So um, I feel like that is part of the, the integral culture of Chicago community, the, the food community, That's, that we can make a difference. And you certainly can. And, and it also helps, I assume you all have your own customer base and email list. And so if you leverage everybody's email list, you can really reach pretty much anyone in Chicago who goes out for dinner. We have an incredible reach. Yes. That's great. Uh, so what else are you guys doing at Prairie Grass Cafe? How's it going? What's up? It's been, it's been very good. You know, um, I feel like there are so many challenges that the restaurant industry faces and especially that mid range chef driven independent uh, is, you know, it's, it's about pricing and trying to make it uh, accessible to the community. So I think that that balance is what we are all dealing with. And um, it, it's, it brings us to our best selves and our higher power that we, you know, if we're going to be successful, we need to really engage and be invested in our businesses, which is true all the time. It should be like that. So um, I enjoy what I do at Progress. I love to cook. Uh, I love the sense of community. And um, I got some great people that I work with. And I think that's so important to surround yourselves with those. And that's true with Chicago Chefs Cook too, that it's surrounding yourself with community that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. I mean, I uh, really enjoy working with everybody who I work with and I would have quit my job if I didn't because it's right. very important. And, you know, if you go into work every day and you work several hours every day, I'm sure you, and by several, I mean, you know, I don't know, 18, whatever you you know, to have to deal with somebody who is not, who you don't vibe with, you know, has to be it so takes, hard. It, it takes, a, it takes a lot to, to meet those challenges. Yeah. And um, today, or we, we have this Green City Market barbecue, which I was one of the founders of Green City Market. And I think I want to say 24 years ago. And, um, you know, Abby Mendel started it and she had a team of chefs with her. So I was one of those people. And I feel like um, there's so, there's so much, uh, momentum behind trying to take care of our food source. And it, some of it is selfish from a chef's perspective that that's going to be the food that tastes the best. That's going to make our jobs easiest. And that's going to translate to more customers. But the other side of it is that we, you know, we want to have food that's the highest in nutrition to serve and that that kind of thing is really um, is really important to most chefs. So we've come together, and that's like 120 chefs doing food out in the park. And I I just think that's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful community 
And that's been part of the messaging of, of me as a chef from, from the day, day one as my, um, at, when I became a chef is respect for the product. And I was classically trained in French cooking at, uh, by Fernand Gutierrez at the Ritz Carlton. And it was inherent in the system that you were using from the area that you were in. So then when you make that jump, um, we, we as American chefs talk about it and uh, it, it's our mantra and it's what we feel is, is so important for the public to understand because it's not part of our broader culture. And it, need, and it needs to be. It, it's really the hu food is the human center of what connects us all. And uh, as a chef, to me, this is like that one more step beyond that is where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. And as you spoke about supporting community, and that obviously includes the food producers in your community. Absolutely. And you have a ton of them in the Midwest where you are. And, you know, wonderful uh food and drink etc that that you can support um but you also have a full-time job of running a restaurant and so how do you find the time to uh work on things that you, are your priorities like uh doing various events organizing people to yeah this is this is a conversation that is often brought up in the abundance setting is i i helped start that beverly kim and johnny clark are the founders and i was part of that uh, initial launch and i've been very involved with it and the the ba basic topic is how do you find balance and how do you incorporate all of those things into your life. And for me, I really feel like if you're passionate about something, you make time for it. Like this is, to me, it's less about setting boundaries. Like I'm not, I don't want to stop things from coming into my space. It's more about me allowing time for things I'm passionate about. And I am very passionate about my daughter. You know, she's 19. She's doing great. She's as old as the restaurant and um you know of course if you want to talk about priority yeah of course she's my priority but also what i'm passionate about is my example to her that um when we follow that voice that's inside of us that says this is important watch this and then we don't dismiss that we we accept that we do have time for what we need to get done so i i feel like it is a struggle. Yes, I acknowledge that. But at the same time, it, it kind of makes sense, especially with chefs that are creatively driven. Like, I don't go to work thinking about, okay, well, I got to make sure I do the payroll today. No, I go to work thinking, you know, I have that, like those heirloom tomatoes, they're starting to get ripe. I'm going to do a watermelon gazpacho. And it's, the best watermelon gazpacho you ever had, right? It's like that, that I wanted to go in and make that. And I was thinking about the prep and how I was going to get it done. And like, I enjoy those things, but it's the passion of what we do. And I think a lot of chefs are like that. Well, and it sounds like community is also a passion of yours. So it's, it's just sort of built into what you do every day, I guess. Yes. And yeah. I, I, and as a leader, I, I feel that chefs that are that touch point 
with our communities and our food sources. We're natural leaders. It's not about the personality or the character of, of the chef. It's about being in that position. You are designated as a leader. You're a leader of your kitchen. You're a leader of the, the voice of whatever you're serving. You're making a statement. And then of the community at, at large that comes in and supports you, they are also looking to you to provide that moment in time where we all come together. So you can make the most of that. And I really feel like owning that space and saying, yeah, I am. And this is what I want it to look like. I'm going to take my, my two beard awards and my experience in Paris and France and my experience training and my network of chef friends. And I'm going to put it together and I'm going to make it as effective as possible in the world, in the world at large. And we all have that opportunity to do that with our lives and to be intentional about it. Um, and many times it's just done in a simple plate through your restaurant. It isn't that somebody has to do this big fundraiser. And I think that's what I was trying to say with a lot of words is that it isn't always this big event where you have to organize 50 chefs. It's that moment in time where you make the decision that you are going to do something and then how that fits into your life and your style and your restaurant. Has that uh, sort of pulpit that you have to spread whatever word you want to spread has that no, gotten... I don't like that word pulpit <laughs> when I said it I was like mm, I don't know if that's right but you have uh, a voice that 19 years ago might have not been as loud just because food is now really at the center of our culture in many respects and I don't think it was 19 years ago do you do you have thoughts on that well, I guess with the start of Green City Market, it was um, astounding how Chicago embraced it. And it has continued to grow. And yes, it is much more mainstream in terms of thought that when we put our our money where we want to vote for what we want, and that that is the organic section of the foods or the farmer's markets that you're going to go to because our health and our and how we nurture our families is paramount to all of us. I mean, this is like, and the older we get, we're like, oh yeah, I better watch what I eat, right? I'm gonna take those nutrients in so that I feel good and I can engage and have a good life. Like, I think it's, it's very human. It, you know, it doesn't come down to um, anything other than this is who we are as a, as a culture, as all of us, it matters. And I feel like, yeah, um, I feel it's very, it's very relevant. It's when, very relevant. When yeah. was Green City Market founded? I want to say 1998. Ooh, long time. Even before Prairie Grass Cafe. Yes, before Prairie Grass Cafe. Yeah, absolutely. I was at the Ritz-Carlton mm -hmm, in the dining room. That's, that's great. So what can we... Uh, expect in the coming season from uh, Sarah Stegner or Prairie Grass Cafe or whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. Well, the restaurant is, the restaurant is thriving and uh, we have our challenges. We've got a, a strong community with, within the employees. And I think that that is, um, that is another element of all of this that you need to, you need to not as a chef dictate, okay, we're going to do this. You need to bring people along the way. And at that critical point in time where you're 
conceptualizing it. You need to have conversations with your managers, with, with your key wait staff, with your sous chefs. You need to engage the community in what they think. And it, it ultimately, it's my decision. But um, as a group, I think them understanding the thought process of why, why this is important and how it positions us and how we are perceived from the public and how it brings the restaurant together. And do you want to do this? Does it feel right to you? So I, um, I'm a big advocate that you, you can say like all, all these things, like, you know, we do family meal, we have insurance and all, all these kinds of things. But if you're not talking to your staff and engaging them in what you're doing, it doesn't matter. It's more about building that sense of community, however you want to do that. But it's you that needs to initiate that conversation and bring people together. So I think that's really important within the industry. Is, that, some, that. is that something you understood right away when you founded Prairie Grass Cafe? Or did it take a while to kind of understand how to engage with your staff? Well, I mean, I, I've always worked at it. But I feel like um, it's... And I have a lot of long-term employees, so I know these people, you know, and it does feel like family. When I go in, it, that doesn't mean that we don't have conflicts. That doesn't mean that there are, you know, we follow policy. We you know, try to run it like a professional business. It's not, not like a mom and pop organization. But um, that said, I think that um, we, like, you never stop trying to do your job better. And once you do, you're, you're, you're done. Like you might as well just shut the doors. You have to continue to learn and to progress and push yourself forward. And management is part of that, that it's not like, oh, something I have to do. It's something you need to be passionate about because it's people. Yeah. So um, your question was what's coming up. Okay. And um, yeah, so we have a, a Chicago Chef's Cook has a new project that uh, we are going to be the organizer and the fundraising arm of the Banche Awards. So they happen in Chicago. They're a, a Chicago-based award. Um, Named for Jean Banche, I assume? Yes, yes. And it is uh, January 28th. So it's a pretty big deal. And it's recognizing chefs for, you know, doing spectacular work and supporting them and setting a bar that um, opens up ideas for people, I think. And, you know, to me, um, it was important when I won the Beard Awards. It was an acknowledgement of my work. But I, as I sat through some of these award shows, I heard when the chef spoke. And to me, that moment was so important, hearing what they had to say. And the ones that did it right and got up there and said, this is what I'm known for. And this is why, like they were answering that question. This is why, this is why, this is what I do well. This is what I'm passionate about. And I think that having that voice as a chef I th you, you are a very lucky person that when you interview people, you you can ask what defines you as as a chef. What what are those things that you are proud of that you think you do exceptionally well? And then let's talk about it so other people know, other people can learn, and other people can celebrate your success. And in Chicago, what I feel is we 
really worked at a base of being a community and we need to celebrate each other. And that's what I want this to be. But the only thing I have to do with it is the charity part. So uh, Chicago Chef's Cook is going to raise money using the event of an award show and then um, bring that money into the community. We'll keep it here in Chicago. And and so what sort of, um, who are the beneficiaries of this uh, this fundraising effort? Okay, so we haven't picked them out yet. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> We're working on that, but that will be, uh, that should be announced in the next couple of weeks. And it definitely, I mean, it'll be food, Chicago-based education, restaurant-related. That's what we want to target because as those, as those uh, parts of our community thrive, they can be so instrumental in building a healthier world that we have here and also supporting the industry. The, the more value um, we place on our food, on our food source, on our farms, on our own abilities to cook, on appreciating and value and appreciating and um, having value in flavors, it that does nothing but support the restaurant industry. So, and the people that are engaged in it. So I think it's all a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. So uh, what what sort of categories can you win for in the Bonchet Awards? You know, I don't know. There's 10 categories, I think. I don't know what they are. I'm sure it's like best restaurant of the year. and But the unusual categories, I'm not sure of. So uh, I'll have to... I'll have to do my research along with everyone else. Well, that's something everybody can look up and figure out and decide how to support it. And, you know, awards can be sort of a double-edged sword and like, really, you're the best chef? What does that even mean? But also it does bring attention to uh, whatever the industry is. In the case of restaurant awards, obviously the restaurant community, and that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think celebrating the nominations, putting that emphasis on who's been recognized, I think that's extremely valuable. And I think that as a chef community, we need to acknowledge that. And then when, when they make those speeches, remembering that, you know, it's about that, that moment in time that you did something exceptional and sharing that it's that information. It's that, okay, that people think this is what is special and all, all those things are sub subjective, right? You know, this is special. And let me look at, I mean, I'm endlessly analyzing what what areas of my restaurant I need to focus on and do better. And what what can I do that would make it more appealing? And um, what what area of expertise do I need to infuse when I hire somebody, when I bring new new blood in? And I think this is something we all do that nobody's like, well, I'm the best and I'm done. Nobody, you know, that's not what it's about. It's about learning and exposure and, and that joy and celebration of having done something really well. And we, as a community, like if you know that your friend is up for an award, you're going to be so happy when they win. And if they didn't win, you're going to be, you're going to make sure when they get that nomination that you pick up the phone, you call them and you say, Hey, you know, you're the winner in my book. Like all those things need to happen behind the scenes, but these are all our friends. So I think we need to, 
accept it as the joy and celebration of each other and our community moving forward and, and positioning it that way, because that's what it should be. It should not be something that tears people down. It should be something that builds people up. Absolutely. And, and I've, I've been on both ends of, you know, being nominated and winning stuff and being a judge in different things. And it's so arbitrary. I mean, that's something that I know particularly as as a past judge for various things that it just kind of depends on how the judges feel or how they're voting or whatever's going on. Uh, and it's actually, I think, a bigger deal to be nominated. You've made, you know, you've, you've received that kind of recognition and and that's a win, I think. Yeah, and this is Chicago supporting Chicago. This is what this is. This is not, you know, it's not saying like it, in this moment in time, in this meal, in this breath, you know, that that made an incredible impact on me. Yes. And I want to thank you for it. I want to celebrate you. And I want to let you know that I thought you did an amazing job. To me, that's what an award should be. And we have the language of best chef, but it's the nomination and it's the empowerment in, within the community. And when we stand up and we say our own, this is what is important. These people have made a difference. And this is the direction that this community is moving. This is a beautiful thing. Well, and Chicago certainly has a wonderful restaurant community with lovely people and incredible food. And uh, you guys are doing great. It's the empowerment in, within the community. And when we stand up and we say our own, this is what is important. These people have made a difference. And this is the direction that this community is moving. This is a beautiful thing. Well, and Chicago certainly has a wonderful restaurant community with lovely people and incredible food. And uh, you guys are doing great. Thank you. We'll try. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and for listening to me. I, I hope I wasn't too preachy. You were great. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. And you got a, you have an event this afternoon, so I'll let you get to it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.